Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Oh, hi. Usually I talk about our Patreon page right here, but I thought I'd give you a break from it this week. And if you're grateful for the break, make sure to sign up at Patreon.com slash Bob Zuska Show. I'm, I'm kidding. Not really. And now let the cartoons begin. <laughs> The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. The Bob Seska Show. I know Batman Day was Saturday, so it's a little late for that, but screw it, I'm a Batman fan. What can I say? From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 21, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 243 of the Biden-Harris administration, 414 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And let's bring in Buzz. Huh? You say Buzz Burbank. Burbank. You've said it all. See, I said it all right there. See, just a little clip. You did. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Now, here's the I, I appreciate you honoring a Batman Day. Yeah. But did we, ha- did we have to wear the tights? <laughs> Was that really... I'm wearing the little green Robin shorts, so I'm I've, I'm especially revealing today. <laughs> I've I've reached the William Shatner. We need to redesign the costumes. Phase. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So what's happening? What's yeah. going on? Well, uh, first, you know the introduction, which yeah. is uh, he's Bob, I'm Buzz, and we've just been recalled as ambassadors to France. <laughs> the side gig is up. <laughs> Uh, big big news, the uh, Pfizer booster shot for people over 65 or at risk has been approved uh, by both the FDA and the CDC. Mm-hmm. It'll be available as soon as it's approved by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> and let the that. word go forth that this will be the final mention of Nicki Minaj. Yes. It's the final step, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, meanwhile, horse owners, uh, people who own horses say they cannot find horse dewormer at the uh. feed store or whatever. Because so many humans are buying it up and taking Jesus. it. Jesus. Here's how you know the ivermectin thing's gone too far. It's now available in pumpkin spice. <laughs> Did they need to do that? I don't think so. So the reason, I guess, that France is so angry about our nuclear subdeal with Australia is it's not the nuclear part. It's because it wipes out a big defense contract yeah. for the French. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the French can be so American. <laughs> Uh, a group of Republicans, though, I know you're interested in this, a group yeah. of Republicans, including Larry Kudlow, is spending $10 million to derail Biden's economic plan. Oh, God. 
it just proves the old saying, you got to spend money to wreck money. <laughs> Between drinks. Between drinks, he's doing this. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Republicans say they would rather let the government default on its loans than to raise the debt ceiling. Mm. Here's why that might be a good thing. I think it means companies that bought senators can now repossess them. <laughs> oh, it's the great Rocky Mountain Mike and Mary in Ann Arbor. Here we go. Right on. They say we're a childish show, and uh, I don't know where they get that. I don't no, know, I don't know, know who they yeah, is, but they say that. I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think that's childish. But 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 <laughs> okay. first of all, let me say I knew I knew Rocky Mountain Mike was out with this new song. Yeah, and I had not. In fact, I sort of intentionally didn't listen to it because I was pretty sure you were going to play it today. <laughs> yeah. And so I was hearing it for the first time and loving it. Yeah. Uh, but but here's why it's not too silly, and mm-hmm. and that's because it goes to the very thing you and I were talking about. Before we roll tape on today's show, uh-huh. it's, a, it's an old school expression. Roll tape it yes. means we're recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I anyway, actually, I, I seriously do roll tape. I've got a bunch of reel-to-reel decks back here. I'm so old school. Yeah. Let's see what's, uh, what's the red tail fly. Red. Ta- I can't remember the rule now. Uh, redhead. Yeah. Redhead. Blue redhead, tail fly. Blue yeah, tail yeah, fly. Yeah. yeah. And no one knows Sorry. what we're talking about. We'll, yeah. No. So we'll just edit that out. <laughs> Here's here's why that's a timely reference, yeah. uh, Mike's song, and it's because it goes to the very thing we were talking about before the show, which is uh, the division in this country and how each of us lives it every day. Every day, our lives are ruled in some way mm-hmm. by this pandemic, yeah. and uh, we're sick of it, and both sides are pretty firmly dug in. And when I say both sides, I realize we're talking 66-33 or 75-25, wherever you want to put it. But but uh, that division does exist, and it's a hard division. And I see increasing anger on both mm-hmm. sides of that dividing line. Oh, my God, yes. And look, I was right there. As far as anger goes, yesterday I was mm-hmm. prepared. I... <laughs> The quote that was floating around our apartment yesterday was me exclaiming to Kimberly, I yes. want to bash their brains in with a brick. No! Oh, see, and that's, that's that, that, Yeah, that's <laughs> not... I actually uh, shouted that, that out goes, here because I was so that, annoyed. 
that goes against your Christian upbringing. It, it really, really does. Really does. I feel yeah. so unchristian-like by saying that, by the whole brick thing. But, you know, and it, it was no one specific. I wasn't talking, you know, I got into a, a little bit of a Twitter spat with some guy from the, uh, the Washington Times yesterday. Okay. And it wasn't about that. It had to do with just the ongoing inability for those of us who are responsible grown-ups to do the things that we want to do. And to do the things, even though, you know, we're doing them in complete safety, somehow still... COVID tends to rear its ugly head. And without getting into too many details, I got, you know, basically denied by, you know, yesterday doing something that I wanted to do by someone who had contracted COVID. And so it's just like, yeah. And the something, what's ironic about this, without getting into the details, is the something that you wanted to do would have been perfectly safe were it not for these people right and, right and and i've been i've been wrestling with these people this mm-hmm. very morning i've been wrestling with them a lot lately oh yeah, uh, yeah. as we negotiate uh, you know we're all just sick of this it's it's got to stop biden has taken very aggressive action i think it's going to get more aggressive i think we're going to get that airline uh, vaccine mandate i certainly hope so it appears that's coming mm-hmm. uh, biden's doing a lot of good things in this area but uh a lot of his work is being undermined by republican governors like DeSantis and gnome and <laughs> abbott and uh, the list goes on but uh we're never going to end this pandemic so long as we have this uh, misinformed resistance. Yeah, exactly. And just to be clear about what I was talking about, I feel like I'm vague booking now oh, by, right. by saying I, what, I, what right. I was pissed off about. This is ultimately trivial. And we were talking about this before the show, and I, I feel weird even bringing it up because so many other people have much more significant issues with COVID, whether it's uh, losing their job or uh, some inability to work or actually having COVID and being put into a medically induced coma, as we talked with Sean Phillips about last week. But this case, you know, look, I hadn't been to a gym since prior to the pandemic. And one of the reasons is because Kimberly and I have this ongoing agreement since we live together that we're going to confer with each other and make sure we're both on the same page as far as our COVID protocols for our household. I think that's reasonable. And one of the things that we decided early, early on was, of course, no gym. No matter whether the gym opened or closed or whether there was a mask thing or a vaccine thing or whatever at the gym, no gym until uh, this is all cleared up, right? Because it's a gym is just a petri dish in some cases but in the last couple of weeks we figured out a way that i could go to the gym maybe once or twice a week and do it in complete safety because there is Mm -hmm. apart from the gym that i used to go to there's a community gym here as part of our apartment complex and i figure i'll go there there's no one ever there and as long as there's no one else in the gym and as long as i'm you know wiping things down and wearing a mask and and being safe about it i could Mm -hmm. go to the gym well it turns the gym in our apartment complex here is in the same building as the office i go down there yesterday turns out the whole building is locked down why because someone in the goddamn office got COVID. So therefore, the office is closed for our apartment complex, and now because of that, the gym is closed too. So, and here's my anxiety. Yeah. I am to be part of a, a meeting later this week about a project, a good project that I set in motion with yes. other people. Uh, the meeting that I am to be in will be outdoors. Mm-hmm. I will be masked, but the other three attendees at the meeting are both unmasked and unvaccinated yeah. and proud of it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm not... I think it's going to be okay. I, I will try to keep my distance. I will wear a mask. We will be outside. Yeah. There will be circulating air. 
Uh, so I think it's going to be okay. Uh, but but why are you and I dealing with this? Why are the people <laughs> yes. listening to us dealing with this? Mm-hmm. We are the majority. And this goes to all the problems that we're addressing in government right now. It is time, and I think Biden knows this, yeah. it is time to put the hammer down. Yeah. It is time to forge ahead. Um, I worry uh, about uh, being held back by the likes of uh, everyone from Joe Manchin to the squad, which may be giving us some trouble on the uh, on the uh, uh, infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, infrastructure package, uh, which will prevent the 3.5. And this is certainly no time for Democrats to be arguing. Do we all want these reforms? Yes, we do. Uh, are we all Democrats? Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Should we all support it? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, there's been too much watering down already. This budget fight is head spinning. I'm sorry. I'm going in a thousand different directions. <laughs> That's here. okay. Yeah, it's that period of time. It's that kind of era where everything is going in a thousand different directions. It's just a matter of managing them psychologically. And that's, I think, where we all are at this point. How do we wrap our heads around all of these things? How do we wrap our heads around the fact that our lives are being controlled by irresponsible children? And I mean yeah. that in you know chronological adults acting like children. Yes, yes. Uh, not literal children, of course. We might be better off if we were run by children. <laughs> I, I think so. Children but I, are much better at this. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of illustrating the childish nature of mm, these people, go. I mean, I'm sure you saw the Breitbart op-ed the other day talking about how um, this is all part of the liberal plan, the, the vaccination thing. It's all part of the liberal plan to make sure that the Red Hats do not get vaccinated. It's the grown-ups' fault that the Red Hats aren't getting vaccines. They're not getting I, vaccinated. I let my subscription to Breitbart run out, but I have seen <laughs> I have seen that, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's the rabbit season, duck season thing that they're suggesting. They're saying that us pressuring them to get vaccinated is deliberate because we know they won't get vaccinated if we pressure them. So therefore, it's part of a liberal plot for them not to get vaccinated. And I mean, I can't even describe how removed from objective reality that can possibly be. Everyone wants these people to get vaccinated so we can return to our goddamn lives. And the idea that we somehow wouldn't want them to get vaccinated is absolutely ludicrous. But this tells you, this illustrates the kind of upside-down, ass-backwards world in which we live. And, I mean, it's true. Whatever we say will be turned around upon us. Right, You just have to understand that that's their standard operating procedure, and therefore we need to proceed without them. But, I mean, granted, this is just one op-ed in uh, in Breitbart, and it's not, I don't know that it's a trend, but still. Ted Koppel going to Mount Airy, North Carolina, which oh, is the setting for Mayberry, because uh, he wants to talk to real Americans about uh, about the vaccine. About uh, he, oh man, well Andy Griffith is spinning in his grave for one thing <laughs> because he was a he was a proud Democratic supporter, yeah, uh, and uh, somewhat outspoken toward the end of his life in that mm-hmm. regard with some help from Ron Howard. Uh, I, you know, this, this is not a sample of America and why is Ted Koppel amplifying this? It's, it's, again, it's going to a, 
a diner in uh, Idaho to find out what real Americans think yeah. when that is not representative of the country at all. Yeah. I mean, considering that most Americans live in metropolitan areas, uh, if not in the city, in the surrounding suburbs and so on, right. that's real. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that is real America just by the, you know, the nature of the population, where the population mm-hmm. centers actually are in this country. But it of does. course, we're saying all this in the face of the fact that uh, COVID deaths have now surpassed the 1980s. 18 pandemic, which Donald Trump mm-hmm. still thinks happened in 1917. We've, we've by the passed, way, we've passed the 1918 <laughs> pandemic, and we're headed for the death toll of the Civil War. That's exactly right. And uh, they didn't have a vaccine in 1918 with the flu pandemic, right. The, right. The, and we do. And yet right. we're still being held hostage by the people who uh, refuse to do the right thing. But I mean, along those lines, I guess what, what's the number now? Six hundred seventy-five thousand. I think we're at six eighty or close to it now. Yeah. Jesus Christ! But you know, on the bright side of the ledger, congratulations to the state of California. California has the lowest positivity rate in the country. Uh, yeah. Interesting that that's right on the heels of uh, Gavin Newsom winning his recall election, which partly had to do with COVID, right? Right. Oh, very much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. California, which at one point was the country's epicenter of COVID-19, is now the state reporting the lowest positivity rate per 100,000 people, according to data collected by Johns Hopkins University. Oh, that old fraudster group. Uh, as of Saturday evening, uh, 24.99 new confirmed cases were reported for every 100,000 people in California, according to Johns Hopkins University. The state reported a daily average of 8,172 new cases over the past eight weeks and averaged 92 deaths due to COVID-19 complications per day during that same period. Still bad, but better than uh, every other state. Once again, yeah. California doing, doing the right thing, doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, makes me think that, you know, perhaps the fifth largest economy in the world knows what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's certainly good news. But um, I thought this was bizarre, uh, Buzz. I'm sure you've, uh, you know, because you watch the Tucker Carlson. You DVR Tucker Carlson every night, don't you? <laughs> yes, and then I delete it. <laughs> Tucker thinks the military vaccine mandate is meant to weed out men with high testosterone. This ah, is this yes. is what the uh-huh. bullshit stream has come to. Right. Fox News host Tucker Carlson continued his relentless anti-vaccine crusade on Monday by bizarrely claiming that the military's new vaccination mandate was an effort by the Biden administration to weed out Christians and men with high testosterone. No, this is all such horseshit. And yet, it's being broadcast to millions of Americans. That's right. This has to stop. Yeah. Uh, why? Why can't we arrest this man for endangering the public health? I know. Uh, and and I know there's so much to do, but one of those things has to be reforming the FCC to encompass uh, social media and uh, cable news, uh, and to you know employ the simple rule uh, the, about yelling fire in a theater. To this, uh, you know, yelling uh, false information in a public health crisis yep. is is very much akin to falsely yelling fire in a theater and should be equally punishable. Mm-hmm. I think uh, military service members are required to get 17 different vaccinations. Approximately 17, that, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just adding another one is not some sort of affront to Christians or t- testosterone. I don't know how the fuck they even wind and that I, one in there. I, somebody got into an argument with somebody else about the vaccine, and they said, well, I'm not going to take the vaccine, but I am going to get my flu shot. And they said, well, it's the same thing. They said, no, one's a vaccine, the other's a shot. <laughs> this Jesus is the kind Christ. of 
ignorance. This is the kind of raw <laughs> ignorance we are up against. I, I'm, I, I wish I could join you in laughing, but uh, this is this is terrible. This is awful. That yeah. This is the sort of ignorance that we're up against and, and bullheadedness. And this thing with uh, Tucker Carlson and the weeding out the Christians and, uh, you know, uh, people with no testosterone and that mm, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that is bullshit. Uh, but it's, it's terrible, uh, disinformation. Uh, most of the military now compelled so far, the vast majority of military, and they have until December something mm-hmm. or other, but most of the military compelled to get vaccines have turned around and done it now that it has been ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think there's going to be some improvement there. I think it was encouraging. Uh, the CEO of United Airlines reported this past week that when they imposed uh, mandatory vaccine requirements on their employees, uh, fewer fewer than 10 quit out of the yeah. thousands and thousands they employ mm-hmm. uh so vaccine mandates work uh and we know that the vaccine works and so we need more mandates now i think next for air travelers and i say keep them coming because as long as we have republican governors resisting this lying about this denying this diverting from this uh we have to overpower them the behavior buzz is so brazen it is so utterly disingenuous. I mean, to use a word even like disingenuous seems like I'm lowballing the, the whole thing. Yeah, it seems right. like yeah, an it, inadequate it's, that's uh, word. That's too soft a word. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. Because, yeah. you know, look, all you got to do the is uh, yeah, scan social media long enough and you see the hypocrisy staring at you in the face. Uh, Marjorie Three Toes, for example. There's a photo of her waiting in line at the baggage check at the airport wearing a fucking yes. mask. Right, wearing a mask at the airport now. But her supporters yeah. will never see that. They 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 want. They, it's only we're all passing it around. But mm-hmm. they, over in their world, on their social media, they're not seeing that. Well, this is again the hypocrisy. This is where right. you know when, right. when the cameras aren't around, we're going to do the right thing, and that's the case with everyone on Fox News Channel, most of the people on talk radio who are spreading this anti-vax message. They have all been vaccinated. Fox News people have all been vaccinated. Marjorie three toes i'm sure she's been vaccinated i i don't i'm just gonna say i don't know what the rules are for radio have you noticed that no conservative anti-vax tv hosts have died (laughs) right but conservative radio talk show local talk show hosts have died because they believed what they were saying yeah yeah (laughs) or they've died of humiliation because they're still on local radio (laughs) (laughs) maybe part of the problem yeah, Ouch. but yesterday I mentioned this uh, guy I was uh, screaming at on Twitter yesterday, this guy from the Washington Times, I guess he uh-huh. was. And, uh, you know, at one point I asked him, are you vaccinated? I asked him point right. blank. And, of course, right. I got the same song and dance. Oh, how dare you ask about my medical record? I, well, I'm not asking about your medical record. I don't give a shit about your medical record or all, all its right. grisly details. All I want to know is vaccinated up or down. You, people get vaccinated at the fucking CVS out in the open it's something that's pertinent to a public health crisis that we're going through right now and of course this guy refused to to say and so automatically i'm going to assume that you have been vaccinated this is the kind of thing that we're seeing all over the place these people who he was was obliquely referring to hippo which has been covered before Mm -hmm. only applies to healthcare providers not to people or other businesses and that sort of thing yeah well let's do uh, we might as well do this before we take a break yeah we gotta We have more, uh, what, 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 god damn it, you know what, I keep forgetting the name of this bit. 
Corpse, Corpse of the Week. Corpse of the Week. Okay, yeah, right. And I also have this little thing to... There we go. Okay. More festive. <laughs> yes. Man, the show's firing on all cylinders today. Uh, yeah, so first of all, this anti-mask Florida Republican official has, uh, has died of COVID. Uh, you probably don't know who this guy is, but uh, he's a bookkeeper no for the uh, Republican Party of Florida. Yes. D- oh, this is a big. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned this. Yeah. This is a big deal. Okay. They're screwed. The Republicans in the hugely populated Tampa Bay area, uh, of which I live on the outskirts, yeah. is uh, blue. Yeah. Right. And uh, to begin with, and now the Republicans have lost all of their records here. <laughs> Gone. Just gone, and uh, the guy who the only guy who had the key is dead. Mm-hmm. They're screwed. They cannot retrieve this information. Oh my the god! The Republican Party in the Greater Tampa Bay area <laughs> is screwed because this guy didn't get his shot and died. Uh, and also, um, similarly, I guess we br- r- this is kind of our in memoriam music in a way. Yes, it is. The the in memoriam music that they will never play on the Emmys. Um, Laura Loomer. Of course, they refer to Laura Loomer as an anti-vaccine extremist. Yes, she is. She has uh, contracted a quote-unquote brutal case of COVID. Laura Loomer needs to be more careful about what she wishes for. Nine months ago, the anti-Muslim, anti-vaccine extremist and self-proclaimed most banned woman on the internet took (laughs) took to the conservative social media app Parler to express her sincere interest in contracting COVID-19. I yes, hope, Yeah, I hope I get COVID so I can prove to people I've had bouts of food poisoning that are more serious and life-threatening than a hyped-up virus, she posted on December 30, 2020. Have you ever eaten bad fajitas? That will kill you faster than COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time I've ever heard that COVID is kind of like food poisoning. <laughs> and none of this gets through. It, it seems to begin to get through when it, when it hits a family. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because then the other relatives in the family uh, sometimes uh, give pause. Uh, you know, we continue to pick up uh, more vaccinated people, but it, it has slowed. And, yeah, I guess it is like 54% of us who have had both vaccines. Mm-hmm. 76%, I think, of adults have had one uh, you know, it's, we're we're woefully behind in terms of uh, those who've had two shots. What do you think about the uh, FDA's recommendation that uh, there shouldn't be a, a booster? They're not supportive of the booster shot at this point. Uh, you know, I don't know all the reasons behind that. I think, uh, you know, as I said, it's going to go uh, primarily to people over 65 and uh, more than that to people at a high risk um, uh, those who have uh, immune uh, disorders that uh, make them more vulnerable mm-hmm. to COVID uh, uh, will go to them first. It may go to others later. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure this has a lot of people asking, why do old people get all the good stuff? And, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, if, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the trust. I know the studies say it increases, uh, uh, the efficacy of the the first two vaccines uh, to to have a third mm-hmm. uh, at the same time um, it, we're still according to studies I've seen adequately covered by the two that we've gotten so uh, I think it's smart to prioritize I suppose we can go back later and uh, include uh, lower age groups uh, you know in that but um, I'm I'm willing to go along with that for now yeah well my hope is that 
what the FDA is saying uh, rings out as true across the board, that we don't really need the booster because we're having a hard enough time getting people in for uh, two vaccinations, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna or the one vaccination from Johnson & Johnson. We're having a hard enough time with that. I can't even imagine. We, we get to the point where we're starting to get the real serious anti-vaxxers. We're starting to shove them into uh, line to get their vaccinations. But I can't imagine having to go back to them in six or eight months and say, oh, Okay, all you anti-vaxxers who finally relented, time for your booster. Yeah, and, well, and it may be that we'll all need annual boosters yeah, as yeah. with the flu vaccine. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. We have It hasn't been around long enough, and that's one of the problems. We are still learning, and that learning mm-hmm. process has created a credibility problem. Yeah. It's been called a communications problem, but I'm not sure that's what it is. Yeah. I'm, I, to me, it's more like, well, we learn as we go along. Yesterday we told you this based on the information we had at that time. Today we're telling you this because we have new information. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amusing and sad how Americans aren't able to keep up, uh, but but I also understand a certain level of confusion, and that makes this job all the more difficult. And we yeah. wouldn't be in this position if we hadn't had the Trump-based uh, opposition to the safety measures from the very beginning. So we're going to get into Mike Pence's liquid spine. And for those of you who haven't heard this excerpt from the Woodward Muggsy uh, book, uh, you're in for something that will turn your hair white, potentially. I'm warning you now. Trigger warning on the transcript that we're going to read here in in just a few minutes from the uh, Woodward book. This is is harrowing. Our entire democracy. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I would, during this break, fetch the hair dye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, Jesus, our democracy came down to Mike Pence's liquid spine. Uh-huh. That's how close we came. Mike Pence's right. liquid spine and former Vice President Dan Quayle. I mean, Stephanie Miller said it best, and I'll tease you with it. Stephanie Miller said, Dan Quayle, savior of democracy. Yeah, that was yeah, the... A- accidental. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's stunning. Those of us who lived through the Dan Quayle era <laughs> are particularly amazed by this turn of events. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more right after these words. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. The Bob Seska Show. From Reading, Pennsylvania, my old friends uh, from John Flywheel. That's the name of the band. Uh, and uh, recently we lost the lead singer, Jeff Paul. But uh, we played this song called World. 
from their uh, first album, Early Girl. And it was part of our uh, after-party tribute to uh, Norm MacDonald. Uh, those of you who know uh, the Norm MacDonald stand-up on the very last Late Show with David Letterman know the significance of the word world. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's one of the best stand-ups of all time. You know, Buzz, I, I never got your reaction to uh, the passing of Norm MacDonald. I know we, uh, we're both, I, I, you and I are connected by many things, including our... Uh, our admiration for David Letterman, and we shared that yeah. admiration with Norm MacDonald. Well, yeah, Norm uh, saw Dave when he was, what, 13, 14 years old, Norm, in Canada, yeah. went to the taping of a TV show, and Dave was the guest stand-up comic on that show. Mm-hmm. And you can see, if you study uh, Norm's comedy, you can see how it's uh, greatly patterned after uh, a lot of Dave's kind of work. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet... To see that last appearance on Letterman's Late Show, mm-hmm. uh, do so. And also, if you have Netflix, check out his stand-up comedy special, I believe is called Hitler's Dog. Yeah, and it's something about it, tr- it, and other trickery or something. <laughs> I, something like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's it's well, he does one of those things that I love to see a stand-up comic do, and that is do a, like an hour set mm-hmm. and finish it back where they started to bring yeah. it full circle. And he does such a magnificent job with that that it makes the whole thing a big joke and that contains a lot of other jokes along the way. Mm-hmm. Really a genius, and yes, I'm terribly, terribly sad. We've lost some really, really funny people lately. Yeah, there's one uh, part of the uh, last Letterman stand-up that Norm MacDonald did that uh-huh. we kind of forget about that is actually culturally significant, which is Norm talking about how in the old days, your great-grandfather would have one picture, and it would take him six hours to take that <laughs> take, picture. Right, right. And now in the future, people are going to go, uh, hey, you want to see 100,000 pictures of my grandfather? <laughs> I love that. I love it, yeah. I love it, I love it. And you that was even before things. the part about Germany and wanting to attack the world, which is just right. uh, one of my favorite things. This is terrifying. This is the sort of shit that we were all warning about when it came to Donald Trump and Donald Mm -hmm. Trump ascending to the presidency. We were all deeply concerned about a couple of things. One, that he would never leave office. And two, that he might launch a nuclear attack against someone. Right. These were all distinct possibilities in my mind. These are the things that made me lose sleep. These are the things that would make me wake up in a panic every goddamn morning for four years. And it turns out that I wasn't being conspiratorial or out of outside the mainstream. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff kind of felt the same way and took actions along those lines. Uh, but now we learn from this Bob Woodward and uh, Robert Costa book, Peril, that um, there was a six-point plan outlined for Mike Pence to overturn the election on January 6th. This was all charted and planned by Donald Trump's attorney. And this is some terrifying shit that they found such distinct loopholes in the process, or at least what they consider to be loopholes. And uh, hopefully a little later on, we're going to talk about some presidential level reforms that Adam Schiff is uh, proposing in the uh, Yes, in the that's House. the important that's yeah. the important takeaway, the important lesson from this document, yeah. the six-point plan uh, that a lawyer, some lawyer drew up for yeah. Mike Pence or somebody to overturn the results of the election. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really contains no surprises 
in that we knew that they were going to do something along these lines. This gives the precise details, uh, which will be helpful to investigators. But to the rest of us, it just means, as Bob said, uh, what we already knew. Yeah. Uh, what's the value of the document, of course, is evidentiary. Yeah, exactly. Well, what this document also outlines is that uh, when the electoral votes or where the envelopes were being opened on January 6th in the uh, joint session of Congress, that Mike Pence would stop the counting and say that there were disputed electors in seven states. And because there, were dis- there was a second slate of electors that there never were. I mean, this would have been entirely right. made up. If Mike Pence had said right. there's a, another slate of electors that went for uh, Donald Trump, that would have been a lie and he would have been making right. that up. But the point was, the idea was to create chaos, to create a constitutional crisis that could only be resolved by throwing the election to the House of Representatives, where based on the process for the House voting on a president, Donald Trump would have been elected. Uh, right. The they House. had a procedure for Pence to follow yeah. uh, or whoever. I forgot who it is who had taken his place if Pence had recused himself. Uh, Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, right. So they figured either Pence or Grassley would follow these basic steps. And if any of that failed, then the fallback was, of course, to uh, uh, let uh, the House of Representatives decide the election. Uh, and uh, we have a pretty good idea of how that would have turned out yeah. in terms of electoral votes. Uh, the, the lesson from this is, to me, uh, it's time to uh, reform or replace or eliminate the electoral vote count. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's uh, further, uh, let's just shut down the Electoral College while we're at it. Well, I think there needs to be a constitutional amendment that explicitly roadblocks this particular line of action. Because what we know, I think what we can absolutely confirm, uh, we don't know whether Trump's going to run again. We don't know, obviously, whether he's going to win again. But what we do know is that if he does, he's going to try this again. I mean, he will never leave. If if Donald Trump becomes president again, he's not going to leave. So it's imperative right now that we not only plug this hole, plug this gigantic gap in the system to make sure that he can exploit it to generate a con- intentionally generate a constitutional crisis that would throw the election to the House, but all the other possibilities of how he could do this. It's almost like when you have in professional sports, you know, the uh, the drug testers figuring out how the cheaters are using performance enhancing drugs, trying to get right. the drug testers one step ahead of the cheaters. And that's the I think that's the big task that the Democrats face that, quite honestly, all of Congress, both sides face right now. Look, As- I mean, at some point. You, you could have a Democrat who wants to exploit this shit. The Republicans sure. don't. I mean, the Republicans have to bear that in mind when they invariably, not. inevitably, yeah. block Adam Schiff's efforts to reform yeah, the presidency. Too short-sighted for that, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is just another uh, reason and another example of why Democrats... Uh, Uh, who have control of government to an extent, even with their limited control in the House and the Senate and uh, their control of the White House, all of that power needs Mm. to be brought to bear. Everything within constitutional reach of the legislative and executive branches of government need to take action, however drastic, however swift, to make this madness stop. So in advance of the insurrection on January 6th, there was a series of events that began with uh, Mike Pence contacting Dan Quayle on the phone and Dan Quayle talking Mike Pence down, saying, 
do, do not do this. Do not overturn the, this election in Congress. Right. The lead up to this is uh, tr- uh, Pence had been desperately searching for ways to, uh, you know, agree to what Donald Trump was asking of. Yeah. Him. Pence desperately wanted to please Donald Trump <laughs> and God. asked person after person after person what he should do about it. Unsatisfied, he called his fellow Indiana Republican and the only other uh, former vice president living who had been in this situation of uh, having to certify an election, mm-hmm. a, lose, a loss, uh, he turned to Dan Quayle. And yeah. as we, I think we discussed last week, I don't remember when this broke exactly, but you know, uh, Dan Quayle did shut him down and say, no, you absolutely can't do this. And thank God. I mean, we'll talk about someone who uh, finally found uh, their brain. <laughs> Much like uh, the the Scarecrow and Wizard of Oz, Dan Quayle found his brain somehow and was um, able to do the right thing when the uh, when the shit hit the fan. And uh, we obviously are grateful for it, but whenever the, the Dan Quayle issue comes up, mm-hmm. I can't help but to think and go back to you know kind of tracing the path to Donald Trump, which has to include oh, sure. Dan Quayle, it has to include Ronald Reagan to Dan Quayle sure. to George yep, yep, W. Yep. Bush to Sarah Palin and then to Donald Trump. The slow unwinding of any sort of dignity or any attachment to core values that the Republican Party may have had, any attachment to intellectualism. Those of you who don't remember 1988 to 1992 uh, may not know that Dan Quayle was a raging moron, but not nearly as bad as Sarah Palin and Donald Trump. These are all the highlights. It's about, let me see, this tape is only one minute long. Uh-huh. These are all the horrible things that Dan Quayle said during his vice presidency under George H.W. Bush. And you may notice something. They're not all that bad, considering what we wow. know now, considering wow. what the context is, so this is today. Th- this is the worst of Quayle. This is the worst of Quayle, and it's not all that bad. Let me just tell you how thrilling it really is and how, what a challenge it is, because in 1988, the question is whether we're going to go forward to tomorrow or we're going to go past to the... The, the back. And I can tell you, listen, we don't want to go back to tomorrow. We want to move forward. I believe that I've made good judgments in the past, and I think I've made good judgments in the future. <laughs> the future will be better tomorrow. Well, Bobby Knight told me this. He says, there is nothing that a good defense can not be a better offense. In other words, a good offense wins. <laughs> I was known as the chief grave robber of my state. I have a very strong record on the environment in the United States Senate. Hawaii has always been a very pivotal role in the Pacific. Uh, It is in the Pacific, the part of the United States that is an island that uh, is right here. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, the Hawaii, Hawaii is in the Pacific. <laughs> it is. It yes. is that part of the United States, and it's right here. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, look, I've had days like that, just like on a bad yeah. day. I've I've had I, a bad day, and I say I, stupid shit. I have them weekly here. <laughs> <laughs> But that was considered to be, oh, God, we've now reached a new depth in terms of our stupidity yeah. in this country. Oh, I would my like God. A higher, yeah, hold I, my I beer. Would, I would like a higher bar set for elected officials, yes. <laughs> exactly. So this is the guy. Uh, as uh, Again, as Stephanie Miller said this morning, Dan Quayle, savior of democracy. Yeah. Uh, but this is the most shocking uh, news that's come out along these lines as far as the run-up to January 6th and the chaos that was occurring inside the White House. And um, how close we came, which what I think is your really your main point here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so this was the culmination of, uh, of Trump lobbying Mike Pence to 
basically and unilaterally overturned the 2020 election. This is an excerpt from the book, page 228. Okay, so here we go. That is all I want you to do, Mike, Trump said. Let the House decide the election. What do you think, Mike, Trump asked. Pence returned to his mantra. He did not have the authority to do anything other than count the electoral votes. Quote, well, what if these people say you do, Trump asked, gesturing beyond the White House to the crowds outside. Raucous cheering and blasting bullhorns could be heard through the Oval Office windows. This is January 5th, by the way. This is the day before the insurrection. If these people say you have the power... Wouldn't you want to, Trump asked. So basically saying that his power resides in the whimsy of the crazy red hats gathered outside. Of the mob outside, yes. Yeah, exactly right. And the other thing I want to add here, too, is it's described in the book that it was a freezing January day. Those of us who remember here in the Washington, D.C. area uh, know this. Uh, But yet Donald Trump would keep the doors of the Oval Office, the outside exterior doors open to the Oval Office and all that cold air whipping through the, the White House just so he could hear the adulation of the crowd. Right. What, this is a, a man who's lost all connection to reality. This is w- oh, far beyond that. talking to paintings, Buzz. Yeah. Uh, he said, I wouldn't want any one person to have that authority, Pence said, but wouldn't it be almost cool to have that power, Trump asked? No, Pence said. Look, I've read this and I don't see a way to do it. We've exhausted every option. I've done everything I could and then some to find a way around this. It's simply not possible. My interpretation is no. So Mike Pence is telling Donald Trump no. It's an amazing Uh thing. I've met with all of these people, Pence said. They're all on the same page. I personally believe that these are the limits to what I can do. So if you have a strategy for the sixth, it really shouldn't involve me because I'm just here to open the envelopes. You should be talking to the House and the Senate. Your team should be talking to them about what kind of evidence they're going to present. No, 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 Trump shouted. You don't understand, Mike. You can do this. I don't want to be your friend anymore if you don't do this. Oh, my God, what a baby. I'm sorry, right. I'm adding that. That's not, Woodward didn't write that, <laughs> nor did Muggsy. Nor did he need to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be sworn in on the 20th. There is not a scenario in which you can be sworn in on the 20th, Pence said. We need to figure out how to deal with it, how we want to handle it, how we want to talk about it. Trump's voice grew louder. You are weak. You lack courage. You betrayed us. I made you. You were nothing, Trump said. Your career is over if you do this. Pence did not budge. Wow. So guy wow. guy That's, guy I'm, finds his spine. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit there for a minute. Yeah. And and at the right time. I mean, he chose his battles, but uh, when you say no to Donald Trump, uh, you can expect this will happen. When you say no to Donald Trump, you've said it all. <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah. I, it is, I, I think it was a brave thing to do because Donald Trump could have, and, and he actually did. I mean, in retaliation for this, he made sure those people went after Mike Pence on the 6th. Yeah, at the, at the same time, and we discussed this last week, Pence is out apologizing for Trump and, and defending Trump uh, because he doesn't want to lose Trump's voters, and support, yeah. which he already has, so he's the looted as well uh we got lucky a couple of bad guys did a right thing at just the right moment and uh we were that's how close we came we were spared uh and if uh, democrats don't crush republicans in the next elections plural uh that's how life will be in the united states just it's it's terrifying to know that we could be in a situation where the president of the united states has a psychotic snap like that. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. we have had many, many narcissists in the White House, obviously. That's, I think, 
commonplace. I mean, one of my ongoing things about the American presidency is it requires a massive ego to say to yourself, I can be president one day. I mean, to seriously say, I mean, a lot of little kids say, I wouldn't be great if I could be president of the United States. But I mean, to believe it, to actually believe that you can be president or that you should and control 320 million people takes a massive ego. Yeah. A certain amount of that ego is tolerable Mm -hmm. if the person is qualified in a way that backs up their beliefs. Yeah. But one of the things that, for example, Paul Ryan investigated in terms of having to deal with Donald Mm. Trump at the time, early on in the Trump administration, one of the things that uh, Paul Ryan researched was antisocial personality disorder, sociopathy, as we more colloquially refer to it as. And this is what Donald Trump is. Donald Trump is uh, a sociopath. And everyone around him, allies and enemies alike, knew it 100%. And they, it, they did, and that's what this is proof of. But Paul Ryan did nothing about it. He did the research yes. and then did nothing about it. In mm-hmm. fact, continues to help run Fox News. So that's part of the problem, that we have all these guys who sat on this information, including Bob Woodward, including Robert Costa. And I, you know what? Look, I've been a fan of both of those guys. I think they've done some great reporting. However, when we're in a situation where the future of the republic hangs in the balance— this waiting to publish thing that has to be somehow, I, I don't know, you'd, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to sit on information like that for, you know, coming up on a year. I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't know when the actual I, I information was the, handed down. I, but. I, I understand the FOMO, but would it have made any difference? What would have been different if they had revealed this information well, sooner? Yeah. I might argue that the information is more helpful now as evidence in prosecution and yeah. as more timely evidence in prosecution than it would have been of any help and perhaps even gotten lost in the noise of back then. Yeah, you know what? Look, it's hard to even know these days mm-hmm. because, I mean, for a second there, I'm thinking, well, if they report this information while Trump is still president, there is the opportunity to act on it via the 25th Amendment or some other, uh, you know, functioning of but, Congress. But we reached, reached that point before, and nobody did anything then either. Yeah, that's that's also true, and that's yeah. again, that's the mitigating aspect of all of this. W- right. Was there going right. to be the courage to act upon this information? And I think you've right. got a you got a really good and, point and, there. And and I think the investigations are far enough along now that this information may. Maybe these details of what we knew all along. I mean, we knew they were doing this stuff. We knew this is what they were thinking. That we we had a very uh, a pretty good idea of how they uh, intended to go about it. We knew all that stuff back then. This is the hard on paper evidence of what they did, which to me is handier for prosecution at this point. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the prosecutions are moving right along. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so is this legislation from Adam Schiff. Hopefully this will yes, uh, yes. have some legs in Congress and hopefully this... the re- Republicans may see some sort of benefit in this for them too. This is the proper response to the discovery of this six point. This is a, a beginning response, anyway, to this six point plan for Pence to overturn the election. Yeah, uh, Schiff has a good response for that, a good start on a response for that in this proposal that Bob's about to explain. Yeah, we're going to uh, explain it after a short break. We'll come back and uh, get into all of this uh, presidential level uh, reform legislation right after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. A, uh, a nurse from Scotland named Iona James and a French musician by the name of Clint Slate. Doesn't really sound like a French guy by his name, but yeah, he's a French guy, French musician. And they got together uh, writing a song for a radio contest and then just stayed together as a as a duo, as a recording artist duo. There's a song called uh, Tell Me Now from their EP called The Silent Sea, S-E-A. Again, Clint Slate and Iona James, link in the description. Support uh, Clint and Iona. Really interesting stuff here. Uh, yeah, nice. slash music to submit. All right, getting back into things here. So, yeah, Adam Schiff and the slate of presidential reforms. Again, this needs to be something uh, supported by both parties, but I get the sense Republicans are going to stop it just because, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Democratic idea, so it's got to suck. Well, they um, won't stop it if we jam it through, and that's what we have to do on everything now. It's yeah, clear. exactly. So, Protecting Our Democracy Act is the name of the legislation, which would make it harder for presidents to offer or bestow pardons in situations that raise suspicion of corruption. It would uh, stop presidents from spending or secretly freezing funds contrary to congressional appropriations. And it would prevent presidents from firing inspector generals or retaliating against, or is it inspectors general? Or or retaliate against whistleblowers among many other uh, changes. Other sections address issues that were obscure before the Trump era. One section, for instance, proposes to strengthen the Constitution's ban on presidents taking emoluments. It uh, goes on and on in here. I, you know, there's some things in here that are uh, are great, uh, that absolutely need to be passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years now, I've been considering my own list of things that I think uh, maybe should be included in this kind of legislation. And hopefully there's some other details that we don't quite know about yet that may include uh, some of these things. But I was glad to see the emoluments aspect of this is uh, is being addressed because that was a, a big fucking and, and, deal. Yeah, and as I said uh, last week, we some of the stuff we have to take a little bit at a time. We have to at least take steps uh, in a particular direction. Yeah. And uh, then when we get more power, and the only way we can do that is to crush Republicans in the upcoming elections. Yeah, yeah. We, when we get the kind of power we need, uh, then we can do whatever the hell we want mm-hmm. uh, and, and whatever we, we feel needs to be done. Uh, and uh, we won't have to tiptoe around. We won't have to negotiate. We'll just get it done. We'll do what we do best, and that's govern. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's a few more things that I jotted down as far as presidential-level reforms. And some of these things will never be made into law. I completely understand that. But they're things that we need to uh, bear in mind as food for thought, as, as a possibility mm-hmm. down the line. For example, a civics aptitude test for every presidential candidate. 
if a candidate scores lower than 70%, he or she has to wait until the next presidential election before they're permitted to run again. And of course, this would be heavily proctored. You couldn't cheat. You couldn't uh, do these questions in advance or anything like you want to be president. You got to know the shit. You got to know your shit. Right. Uh, number two, social media usage should be greatly restricted on national security grounds. Uh, I think Donald Trump's usage of Twitter created a massive national security crisis. And I'm surprised people didn't, you know, because obviously, you know, you take Donald Trump's tweets and you form psychological profiles uh, about him, ways to manipulate him, which I think our enemies absolutely did. Certainly Russia did. And he made it easier for them to do that by his uh, his abuse of uh, his social media platform. Uh, number three, mandatory release of tax returns. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's obvious. Number four, mandatory mandatory divestment. I think that's also included in Adam Schiff's mm-hmm. legislation. Good, has to be. Uh, yeah, number five, no more nepotism. Relatives and business partners should be barred from working inside the White House. I think that makes sense, too. Uh, number six, mandatory physicals. The president should be physically capable of withstanding the rigors of office. I think that's uh, also a good idea. Number seven, mandatory mental health exam. <laughs> These are all <laughs> Gee, things, obviously. Bob, I, I sense a theme emerging here that, yeah. that tells me you've made this list uh, primarily over the last five years. I think so. Uh, <laughs> number eight, definitely no military parades. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's just that's one for me. Uh, number nine, security clearance vetting. I think presidential nominees shouldn't simply be just handed a security clearance without full understanding of whether they've been, for instance, compromised by a foreign right. power. Uh, right. We see where we're going with that. Uh, number 10, limits on vacation and personal travel. I think this is uh, <laughs> long overdue. Number 11, yes, the president can be indicted for crimes. I think this is something that is... It's insane. Yeah, yeah. We're just... The country wasn't built to have a lawless presidency. So is that the list? Is that... That's, I mean, I that's, my, that's, that's okay. the entire well, let me, list. Let yeah. me applaud that because... And I think uh, most of those things, uh, with the possibility of maybe one in there, uh, I think all of those things are doable. Yeah. And uh, we, we could just fold them into what we'll call the anti-Trump act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, or we can include it as part of uh, Adam Schiff's legislation right, here. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, we can do Schiff's first. We can do yours later. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's not too much later. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, let's take the step that we can, but yeah. let's also not be timid. Uh, Biden's doing a Biden sticking with the bold approach, mm-hmm. and and I like that. Uh, uh, on the infrastructure negotiations, um, McConnell has dug in and said, "No, we're not going to vote for anything to raise the debt ceiling." And uh, Biden, on the other hand, is saying, "Well, no, we're not ne- going to negotiate with you." Initially, they waited to hear what Mitch might want in exchange uh, for a yes vote. Yeah. Uh, they never got anything. So now the White House has taken the stand. Okay, fine. We make no concessions either. So we're headed mm-hmm. for a government shutdown on October 1st that will be on the hands of Republicans. Uh, and, uh, you know, while that's a terrible thing, especially in the middle of a pandemic, it's not, I don't think it's going to hurt the Republicans more than it's going to hurt the Democrats. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, the good news is, as far as something like that goes, it's way too early. If you remember, there was a, uh, the last, I think the last government shutdown happened a, a year before uh, the next election, and it really had no bearing whatsoever on the outcome of the election. Well, no, but they, 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 even this one, even the one to keep uh, the government open by October 1st, they have to act over the next, uh, what do they have, a little over a week now to yeah, get this yeah. done. And if they don't get it done, uh, then uh, the, the government essentially shuts down. Uh, some emergency steps could be taken, some negotiating may occur mm-hmm. that will keep the government in business until... 
December. Yeah. When when they have to do it again. And so uh, depending on how much this rinse, lather, repeat process uh, continues, uh, maybe it won't be so forgotten, especially if it's included in the campaign ads for 22. Well, it would be nice if we eliminated this as part of the uh, legislative process, too, Absolutely. by the way. You know, Absolutely. We talk about reforms. Get rid of this idea that they constantly have to raise the debt ceiling. Just let it automatically get raised let's, when it needs let's make to be. It so, let's make it so the debt ceiling is never political again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one last thing here, and we'll, we'll bring back this uh, this music for a oh, second. Yeah. Uh, Ken Burns was interviewed on, uh, I guess it's Jason Bateman's podcast. Okay. Jason Bateman has a podcast. And uh, Ken Burns was asked about, obviously, our times these days politically. And he said the uh, divisions in this country are equal to the Civil War, the mm-hmm. Great Depression, and World War II. I believe it. Yeah. And it couldn't be more true. I think we're, we're there. I, I think, you know, it's interesting the way things evolve in this country. Uh, it used to be that crazy people would assassinate presidents. The assassinations now no longer take place with bullets in this country. They take place with uh, the media and they take place with politics. I think attacking someone, making up, coming up with a scandal that get, gets churned around and beaten Lies. to death over a long period of time can drag people down. I think there are, it's, it's basically assassination by politics that we see these days. And likewise, I think in terms of uh, some people are saying, well, we're headed toward a, another civil war, the way things are today, uh, with Trumpism and uh, the divisions we have politically in this country and so on. I think we're not headed for a shooting civil war necessarily. Obviously, there will be a little bit of violence, and we're seeing some uh, s- smatterings of that already. But Probably. I think the civil war that we're going through right now is a cultural civil war. But I think the the civil war-type fight that's coming takes place now politically as a battle of words, as a battle of information. It's not violent, I, but it's it's culturally violent. I, I don't disagree, but I think this is a, also and perhaps moreover a time for Americans to uh, let their elected representatives know how they feel, and not just by calls and letters, although that those are important, mm-hmm. but, but uh, if we have to take to the streets or whatever action we have to take, uh, speaking... Is not enough. And when I say, you know, take to the streets to write letters, I mean in the sense of demanding that our Democratic majority do whatever it takes to save democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever is constitutionally within reach uh, must be done. And it's ju- it's time to use full power, uh, both in the legislative branch and the executive branch, uh, to stop this pandemic to begin addressing climate change and uh, and to save democracy. Well, I get the sense that in order for those things to actually happen, that there needs to be some sort of uh, marginalization. I think I think the people who are standing in the way of progress or standing in the way of solutions to our major problems in this country, uh, those people need to be sufficiently marginalized okay, in order for I a agree. solution to occur. I, yeah. I, I, I fully support mocking them. Yeah. I, I do. <laughs> but, but what will that accomplish? Because you know you're not going to change their minds. And you can be pretty sure you're not going to change the minds of their supporters. Yeah. So I don't want to waste too much of my energy 
on fighting with them. I because they're idiots. Uh, it's yeah. a waste of time. I, we must crush them uh, both in uh, terms of elections and in terms of legislative action. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I'm. I'm. I'm, I've grown weary of the talk. We've tried talking. Uh, we, we've tried mocking. We've tried humiliating. They seem impervious to it. Um, and rather than wear myself out continuing to swing, I, 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 w- I want to find a way to uh, apply pressure where it will actually do some good. And I think I, I've mentioned this a couple of times in the past, so forgive me for repeating myself, but one of the things that we successfully were able to do in this country is to to marginalize cigarette smoking through an ongoing public Agreed. campaign Agreed. to the point now where you're still a smoker these days. You know what it's like to continue smoking. You know, you're out in the under the awning when it's raining, looking pathetic, you know what I mean, with your huddle under your umbrella, getting your cigarette. The, the process now is you're sort of relegated to the back alleys if you're, you know, if you're still uh, a cigarette smoker in this country. And oh, so I think... Yeah, I agree. It's definitely part of the process. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and it's my feeling that we will do more to curb gun violence in this country with that kind of peer pressure, with yeah. that kind of ostracization. I still didn't get it right. <laughs> uh, and you know what I mean. I know what you uh, mean. Yeah, but by ostracizing them in the same way we have smokers, I, I think uh, that that's helpful. I think it's part of the process. Yeah. But, but uh, sort of street fighting them for sport um, doesn't, you know, isn't enough. Oh, I'm not me. talking I, about. I'm yeah, certainly not talking yeah, about yeah. street fighting, whether it's verbal yeah. or physical. What, right, what I'm right. talking about is uh, simply getting Mocking. to the point where the culture, which is much broader yeah, right, than our, right. our our political shovel fights, the cultural Agreed. aspect Agreed. of uh, of American life is yeah. quite liberal. And I think it's just yeah. a matter of the culture rising up and marginalizing, and saying, you know what, we're not going to take these people seriously. They want to they want to eat horse paste and die of COVID. The, the, go do that, and we're right. going to continue on as a right. republic over here, uh, where right. all the grown-ups are making decisions and so on. That's the way we're going to move. And the culture needs to rise up and say these people are no longer relevant to our public life. To the point where maybe the right. Republican Party becomes a permanent minority party, a permanent opposition party, where it's yeah. always twenty-five, thirty percent of American voters, but nothing more. And yeah. I think Let's, that's that's actually achievable. That's the kind of marginalization yeah. I'm talking about. I hope so. I think so. And you're right. It did work with smoking. I would be my hope it would work with guns. And I, I think certainly think it can help in, in quashing disinformation about yeah. both uh, the pandemic and democracy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we need all of these approaches. Uh, I just I worry sometimes, especially I'm, I worry about the influence we have on the kids, Bob. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I you know, I don't I don't want the audience to go away thinking that that's the only tool they have. I just want to remind everybody that there are a, a number of ways to fight this and urging your elected officials to uh, crush this nonsense with legislation uh, to do whatever it takes to get that legislation through. Uh, I think we need that too. Well, again, it's it's difficult with legislation alone. I think it takes legislation plus this a, a cultural movement same, to say same with guns. Yes, same with smoking. Yeah. We're rejecting this worldview, this Trumpism worldview, this right, this right. thing that has infected the Republican Party. Agreed. Uh, yeah, and has pushed it so far to the right. So far, I mean, even beyond, it's not even. It's not even a matter of left right anymore. It's it's reality versus fiction, crazy, and yeah. they're now in this uh, crazy town, and they're in this uh, 
fact-free zone where it just whatever Tucker Carlson decides to make up. It's, you know, this uh, it's American politics fan fiction. And so uh, it's just a matter of convincing the the American culture, by and large, people who aren't engaged in politics on a regular basis to finally say, "Okay, enough already. Enough of this shit. Yeah. You know, I'm not even engaged in politics, some of them might say. And yet I'm sick and tired of of hearing about this and and, uh, horse paste and anti-vax, anti-mask bullshit and all the rest of it, denying the climate crisis and so on. And I think we can get there. I think that is still achievable. I, I, I yeah. totally agree. I think, like as with smoking, as with guns, I think that's the right approach or, or part of the right approach. Mm-hmm. I just want people to be aware that there are lots of ways to deal with this. And what we really need right now is action. Yeah. So whatever you can do as a citizen to prompt that action, whether it's writing, calling, marching, demonstrating, yeah. showing up at somebody's office, uh, whatever it takes uh, within the law, uh, to uh, make uh, and and you know uh, even and even civil protest uh, to make that point clear yeah. uh, that that we cannot afford to wait any longer and I'm encouraged because I think Joe Biden sees what you and I are seeing here oh sure I think he's fully aware of what's going on I think he grows closer to bringing the hammer down every day mm-hmm. and uh, as as are the Democrats in Congress I think the Democrats in Congress are now ready and willing to use what majority they have to just get stuff done even without Republicans. They've tried. They continue to try. Uh, The latest on this uh, avoiding a government shutdown business, the Republicans ain't playing ball. (laughs) So we just have to go on and finish the game without them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I I think what we can all do is uh, just a couple of people we may know who uh, may want nothing to do with politics as far as engaging in the debate, whether it's on social media or elsewhere, you get a few of those people to register to vote and then turn out to vote and then to vote the right way. Right. They don't have to be engaged in politics the whole rest of the time. They don't have to watch MSNBC and, and you know be focused on Twitter with their face pressed up against their computer screen 24-7. They don't have to do that. As long as they vote the right way. That you got to build from the culture on in. And once yeah. that happens... Uh, and I think uh, it's it's unstoppable. The, the grown-ups will eventually inherit the earth once again. There, there's a youthful uh, political energy out there that's going to be very helpful uh, for us this time. Yeah. And uh, do not be surprised if both Florida and the governor's offices in both Florida and Texas turn blue. Right. Don't be surprised. So there's still hope. Hang in there. Absolutely. Well, uh, coming up on the Shadow Docket, which is our bonus show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Yeah, as soon as this music gets done playing, we keep on talking. It used to be called the Postmortem Show. Now it's called the Shadow Docket. You can sign up for $5 a month. You get two of these per week after the Tuesday show and after the Thursday show. So uh, go and do it. Uh, Today we're going to talk about, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They found new evidence uh, against uh, 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 Alan Weisselberg in in a co-conspirator's basement. We're going to talk about that. More indictments coming. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, uh, oh, this is good. Okay, so Donald Trump is going after Mitch McConnell Uh uh, behind the scenes. We're going to talk about that, too. Uh, And, of course, our weekly edition seems to happen every week. Our uh, regular edition of... Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. That's that's coming up on the shadow docket. Another reason to be pissed off. Yeah, the source is a little wacky uh, of this story, this Mark Zuckerberg story. I don't know whether I fully trust the source, but the story itself is uh, uh, not surprising at all. 
Well, that's what we talk about in the shadow docket. And, you know, don't be a FOMO. <laughs> that's exactly right. Meantime, make sure to follow Buzz Burbank on Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com. You know that website, right? Uh, follow him at Michael J. Elston. That's the uh, Twitter handle. Or you can just search for Buzz Burbank uh-huh. on both uh, Twitter and Facebook. You're not on Instagram yet, are you? No. Okay. No. I, I may have to fix that for you. I may, I may help you. <laughs> have to help I you I got along. no pictures. I, uh, <laughs> there's nothing I want anyone to see. <laughs> okay. All that and more coming up on the Shadow Dog. I'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.